it's blank, and there's a pen in front of you because you're going to want to take some sermon notes today because it is such an honor uh, to have Pastor Harry Schmidt with us today. Um, he is uh, an elder to church, a pastor of church, uh, really almost since the beginning. And, you know, you may say, well, I, I, I haven't seen Pastor Harry if, if you're new, or you have, I haven't seen him for a long time. And that's because over the past number of years, God has been using Pastor Harry in churches that are in need of leadership, some churches that are without pastors, and he's transitioning them uh, to the next uh, pastor and the next leader and, the, and really to the next level, and he's doing that time and time again, and he's impacting hundreds and thousands of people, and again, not just through working with churches, but also working through missions organizations like Mission Possible and like Wilgo and all the other ones that we support. And he's also uh, leads the Bible College. He's the president of our Bible College that we're in relationship with. And he uh, launched the Ascension Convention, which we're going to begin uh, promoting next weekend with a spaghetti lunch and signing up and bringing donations and all the things that we need to do. And that was launched 35 years ago. And, and, and I just want to say how much that I love and appreciate Pastor Harry in my life. And every time I think about him, I'm grateful for his life, his ministry, his input at our church, and uh, this is tradition that when we get ready to kick off the Ascension Convention sign-up and everything, that he comes and he preaches and opens the Word of God for us, and so would you welcome Pastor Harry Schmidt as he comes to minister God's Word. Thanks, Pastor Darrell. Good morning, church. We'll say that again. Good morning, church. I just want to make sure the church is alive. Here in Mount Prospect, so let's say it one more time. Good morning, church. Hey, why not? Praise God. It's a delight to see you. What a great, what a great church that you're a part of. It's his church, his church universal. And uh, last night when we were ordaining and licensing some folks, we had representatives from Odessa in the Ukraine and different parts of Eastern Europe are here. They filled up this entire area. It was really a delight. And it's such a pleasure to have uh, Brother Ignat and his wife, Mariami. Mariami, would you, would you please stand? Because you are the, you are the power broker. There you are. You're, you're really, you're really, and, and it's delight. While we were having our board meeting for Mission Possible this week, they presented me a, a, a wonderful pictorial book that was made up particularly for me celebrating the 35 years that I've been involved with Mission Possible, and our church has been involved with Mission Possible. And in this wonderful pictorial book, which is real thick, it, it actually has pictures of folks like uh, uh, Jody here as well and others because so many of our young adults from our college have gone to Ukraine and Russia and different places. And, and uh, of course, we've done so many wonderful things together, uh, and, and it's a delight. 35 is... It's a special time, 35 years with Mission Possible. And can you imagine this? The Ascension Convention this year uh, in April, we're celebrating our 35th anniversary. Can we give the Lord praise for that? It is absolutely a fantastic moment. Before we go into our, our, our thoughts on that, I would like to, with Pastor Darrell's permission, I would like to invite any and all of you to join me, Pastor Harry, uh, in October, October 5 through 12, I'm leading a, a group to uh, the wonderful country of Greece, and we're going to be doing a, a seven-day tour 
of the footsteps of Paul the Apostle in Greece. And we're going to be flying directly from Chicago over to that area with about an hour and a half layover in Istanbul and then into Turkey. And uh, you're going to have a delightful time. And the entire trip from Chicago and back, all expenses paid, including two wonderful, wonderful buffet meals each day in which something we've not always been able to do in five-star hotels. We're going to be in hotels like the Marriott in, in Greece. And we're going to be going all over Greece. We'll go to Athens. We'll go to Mars Hill where Paul preached. We'll be going up to Thessaloniki. We're going to have a great time. Greece is a beautiful country. We're going to have a wonderful time. And I, I have several of these flyers with me, including the itinerary. So if you'd like to see what we would be doing every day, if you'd like to visit with me afterwards, this is the commercial of the moment. So see me afterwards, and we'd love to have you join us. I'm going to be leading you, and we're going to be meeting up with another group from a Bible church in Jacksonville, Florida. And, and, the, and the folks, they are great friends of mine. He is the choir director of this massive church in Jacksonville. And a number of their choir, adult members of their adult choir, are joining us. So we're going to sing our way through Greece. We're going to have a wonderful time. And we'd invite you to join us. You can start your process with just a $300 deposit. See me afterwards. And uh, we'll talk about UPA together, all right? Our lesson for living today is found in Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse number 17. Luke 5 and 17. And, and do keep in mind that uh, the passage, the lesson for living that we're picking up today, really affects not only ministries like Mission Possible, but Christian Life Church and Christian Life College. Pastor Darrell, thank you for serving. Uh, Pastor Darrell serves as the vice president of the board of directors of Christian Life College. Pastor Merrill Sr., of course, is uh, uh, a board chair emeritus. Board chair emeritus means he's still alive. Isn't that great? <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> he's still here. Amen? That's why he's emeritus, right? He's, he's alive to still have that title. Let's give it up to our Pastor Merrill Sr. Amen. Uh, but our church and our college, all, we are both under the uh, umbrella of Christian Life Ministries. We are both part of the ministries of Christian Life. And we're the teaching branch of our church. And we, we are celebrating 70 years this fall, 70 years. And when so many Christian liberal arts colleges and Bible colleges are closing, we are here. And we are still producing men and women going into ministries of youth and worship and missions and church planting, and we are so excited. In fact, we've got so many good things happening at the college, and uh, so even talk to Pastor Darrell and I, we love it. But we've all been together, and um, I have been so grateful for the Ascension Convention. I've got my own card. I keep this. There are prayer cards out there. Keep this. And we would just like to invite everybody if you've never been a part of our Ascension Convention, it's, it's facilitated and initiated by Christian Life College 35 years ago, but it's jointly done as an outreach of our ministries together. And the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of Easter weekend, there will be hundreds and hundreds of young people coming from all over the Midwest, from Indiana, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, uh, all over Missouri, 
we're going to have people from just unimaginable locations, some you've never heard of before, and they make this journey every year, and we stay at the Hyatt Regency Hotel right at the airport, that massive hotel. We take it over, and several years ago, because there was such intense praise and worship and fun there, the Hyatt staff said, this is the Hyatt, so we're going to call your group Glory to God in the Hyatt. And uh, that's really what it is. It's, it's a lot of fun. But the only way we can do this, take on these several hundreds of young people, is to really invite you to join us. It's so much fun. And we're going to be talking about it as we go into this passage this morning. But it's so much fun working together and doing neat things together and having this to be a blessing. So next weekend, Joel is going to be launching a spaghetti lunch after service, and all the proceeds of the spaghetti lunch will help our young people come. And spaghetti lunches are happening all over the Midwest. Let me tell you this right now. Uh, the, the pasta sales are high. They're, they're, they're tanking high in, in grocery stores. And if you could help us, uh, they'll be talking about it. Sign up is starting next week. Just help be a greeter. Come and be a greeter for a few hours. and Come and help set up the staging and help set up the sound systems and all of that. Help with our great welcome party and all those wonderful things. What I like about it as well is that on, on our first Ascension Convention, which was April 4th, 1985, wanting to come early to be a part of this, God blessed us with the birth of our daughter Jennifer, who's here today. And Jennifer was born on the morning of the first Ascension Convention. Uh, she's, that was 35 years ago, so I'm not going to tell you how old she is. But anyway, um, I, won't, I won't mention that. You shouldn't mention, not do that. But uh, she came a few weeks early. She, was, she came early, and uh, she just wanted to be a part of it. Uh, Pastor Merrill at the time said, she is so much like her dad, never wants to miss a crowd. Anyway, so, so, she, so she came. And, and it's been great. Now, here's some of the crazy things that, that's happened over the years. Let me tell you this. Our first Ascension Convention was in our gymnasium because we didn't have this auditorium. We were, the whole church was in the gymnasium. We, didn't, we thought maybe, maybe there'd be 70 kids. We didn't know the first one, 70 kids, 80. Maybe we'd have 100. We jammed 300 kids in that gymnasium. Now, that's with the stage on the main floor. We didn't have any room. So, and so here we were, we we're standing, and, and when, when Gary Grogan, our first speaker, gave the altar call, he said, everybody move forward. Well, there wasn't any altar space because, and so there was like one foot, literally one foot. So he said, everybody step forward that wants to come to the, to the altar. Everybody step forward. And, and we were at the altar. Everybody was at the altar. I mean, well, you, unanimous altar call. Everybody was there. And then many of you know... Uh, the upstairs classroom, the first classroom, we fed everybody all the meals there in that one little room. One bus from Madison, there was no, no parking because our parking lot was only half what it is now. They parked their bus on the, on the grass, and it had been wet, and it sank to its axles. We had to get a tow truck to pull the Madison Gospel Tabernacle bus out. Now, we housed everybody at the Holiday Inn. And, and one of the teenagers of that youth group in Madison, uh, when they were getting out of the Holiday Inn to get onto the bus to come over here, the line getting out the door was so crowded, he saw what he thought was another door, and he ran through it, not realizing it was a plate glass window. Totally shattered it. Shattered it. 
but he didn't get one scratch. Whew. Well, uh, to, to, to just imagine some other things. The, the next year, because we had 300 kids here, the next year we went over to the, to the, to the Hilton Hotel on Euclid there in, in Arlington Heights, and, and I thought, wouldn't it be great in, if we had our opening party after we had our rally, our first night rally on Thursday night, wouldn't it be great if we took everybody to Chuck E. Cheese? Chuck E. Cheese. How many know what I'm talking about? Chuck E. Cheese. And I went over to negotiate it, and I said, I'd like to do a buyout of, of, your, of your activity. I'd like to have you shut down so that at 9 o'clock we can bring our young people. He said, well, how many are you talking about? I said, well, we had 300 uh, the last year. I said, let's kind of think about 400, 400, so about 400. Well, that, that was actually capacity. Well, we didn't realize it, but we had 700 people that year sign up, 700 kids. We, had, we, we took turns getting the kids into Chuck E. Cheese. They had ordered an entire pallet of pizza flour, and, and they went through the entire pallet. And then they had to run to another store to pick up some more bags to bring them over here. We ate them out. We had a lot of fun. But now think about this. One year, one year we chartered 20 buses, and we, and we took everybody down to Navy Pier, and we had a rally in Navy Pier. But I think one of the great years that we had, and we just, we've done so many crazy things, crazy things. Uh, one year, we actually challenged the Dallas Cowboys to a basketball game. The Dallas Cowboys, yes. They, on their own dime, set, sent a team of the Dallas Cowboys frontline players. They paid to fly them up here. And we had a game of our youth pastors that were a part of the Ascension Convention over at Christian Liberty Academy Gym, the Dallas Cowboys against the youth pastors of the Ascension Convention. They knew they were going to wipe us out because they know how to do all of that. We beat them. Our youth pastors who had never played together beat them. And they, they, some of them spoke in tongues that I can't repeat. Uh, they, 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 they uh, uh, and uh, wow. Well, let's turn to Luke 5, and let's take just a, a brief walk through a very famous miracle of the Bible and see how this miracle of the Bible really transposes itself into our upcoming efforts to see hundreds and hundreds of young people impacted for Jesus Christ. And not only at this event, but on a daily basis for this church and on a daily basis for our friends at Mission Possible all over Russia, all over Albania, all over Bulgaria, all over Ukraine. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 5, I think we have it on the, on the overhead here, but we'll begin reading at verse number 17, and, and you know this. One day Jesus was teaching and of course, there were some Pharisees and teachers that were sitting there. And, and look, at, look at this. And people had come from every village of Galilee and even from Judea and from Jerusalem, which was a, listen, that would have been a three-day walk from Jerusalem to go to this location. People came from every village of Galilee and Judea because they they, they wanted to be there in the presence of Jesus. And, and th look at this. The power of the Lord was present 
for him to perform healing. Well, some of the men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in. Listen to that phrase. They were trying to what? Say that with me. Bring him in. Say that again. To bring him in. How can we get the outsiders to become insiders? That's the key. To bring him in. And not finding any way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they, they went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles. And, and there on the stretcher, they, they brought him down into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now jump over to verse 24 where Jesus also then said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. And immediately he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. The key is, is that there was a paralytic man who definitely, desperately wanted to be healed. We live in a culture today of paralysis. That's what he was suffering from, paralysis. Uh, he wasn't able to move on his own. He was totally dependent for that stretcher, that bed. That was his domain. That was his, everything he had was of that bed. He was, he was fashioned. He was basically stuck in that spot. Well, we, we live in an environment today in America where there's just all kinds of paralysis. We have, this is the paralysis generation. Some people are emotionally paralyzed. You know people like that. They suffer emotional paralysis. You know people that we pray for, Pastor Darrell was talking about, people who have, who, who, who have, been, who have been paralyzed with physical ailments and they've just been there and they've been hanging on paralysis. Don and I prayed for a couple people that we know today who just need God to bring healing to them. But, but we, have, we have young people by the thousands in America who have suffered various levels of abuse, right? Verbal abuse, mental abuse, unfortunately, sexual abuse. We have young people today who, who know... Uh, they know what cutting is about, and we're not talking about cutting paper. Young people who have bottomed out, young people who are, who are surrounded by fear, and they, they hear all the fear-mongering in our culture, and it's like, is there any place for me, and how can I maneuver? Let me just define paralysis this way. Paralysis, I put down in my own words, is the, is the inability to move forward with positive engagement. We just, I care for our children, don't you? I care for our, our kids, and we have such a phenomenal family church. It's been, a, it's been our family church, the only church that our daughter's ever known is this church. Think about it. We can trust this church. You can trust this environment. This is a great place to bring people in. This is a marvelous place because the goal, the goal is to help people break free from their paralysis, young and old, amen? That's why we're here. 
But now let's take a look at this passage and, and let's see what we can doubt them. The first thing I want you to realize is that in order, in order for that paralytic to be healed, there, somebody had to understand these two words. Number one, there has to be a compelling cause. Why does Christian Life Church exist? Why do we have a Bible college training people to go into ministry? One of our graduates just recently was elevated to a significant position of being the senior pastor at a significant church in Wisconsin. There are young people who are coming through this school from different countries all the time, and why are they coming? And why are you here? Why are you here week after week after week? Why is this church here? Why does Pastor Darrell uh, share with us? What's, what's the compelling cause? Why are you here as a believer? Why have you been brought out of darkness and why have you been brought to light? What is the compelling cause that must motivate you every day? And it certainly can tell you it motivates me. Tomorrow morning I'm going to be on a plane heading to Israel. Tomorrow morning. And on Thursday I will be at the site where this miracle took place. I will be in the ministry epicenter of Jesus Christ in the Galilee. And, 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 and we, we share this story when we're there. And, and tomorrow I'll be leading, co-leading 26 ministers to come to Israel. And Art was with us last year. And, and, and we we're going to have a great time. And we're going to be in this area where, where this took place. And, 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 and think about it. Think about it. It was everybody was coming from all the villages. And they were all going there. And they were all walking. They all wanted to come to Capernaum, the ministry center. Why? Because of the compelling cause. What is the compelling cause? And that is this. We've got to get people into the presence of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen. We must have people come into the presence of Jesus. That's my compelling cause. That's what keeps me going, and that's what you want to keep doing. What can we do to bring people into the presence of Jesus? Because it tells us, it tells us in this passage that Jesus was in this house teaching. He was in the house. Say that with me, this phrase. He's in the house. Say it with me. He's in the house. Say it again. He's in the house. Do you believe he's in the house this morning? Amen. Do you believe he's here this morning? He, is the power to save here this morning? Amen. Is the power to heal here present today? Amen. So our compelling cause is to get the outsiders to become insiders. And how do we do that? We who are the insiders need to become outsiders to get the outsiders to become insiders. <laughs> we feel the overarching need is to have people enter his presence. If Jesus is in the house, we want to bring people into the house. The reason why we take over the Hyatt and it becomes the sacred dwelling place of the presence of Jesus is because on Thursday night, that auditorium becomes the place where the presence of Jesus is there. Hallelujah. And I tell you, when this worship team gets released and these hundreds of kids, as soon as the first uh, downbeat on the guitar comes, they come running up to the altar and they're up there singing and they're dancing and they're bringing their friends who are not saved. Why? Because kids know that if they can bring their friends who are paralytic in spirit and soul and body, if they can get them into the Hyatt, they're going to encounter Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm a German. I don't want to get excited. Uh, so this is just kind of a normative, okay? This, this is normative. A compelling cause. We've worked with uh, 
Ignat and Mission Possible and the Mission Possible team for 35 years. And I tell you, they do it every day. They slug through the mud of the villages, of the, of the, of the gypsy villages of Bulgaria. They go to the mountainous areas of Albania. They go to the worn down cities of Russia for this compelling cause. Let's bring people to the presence of Jesus. Which leads us to the second point of this passage, and that is there were four guys, four guys who had the same conscious conviction. It's one thing to have the compelling cause. There's all kinds of causes out there. The Girl Scouts sell cookies. That's their Girl Scout cookie cause. And, 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 and the Chicago Bulls are trying to win a game. Trying, trying to win a game. Eight losses in a row trying to win a game. Um, there's all kinds of compelling causes, but there's only one primary one that you and I live with, bringing people into the presence of Jesus. And that then secondly becomes what? Our conscious conviction. It's the, it's the fuel that provides oxygen for us to move forward. Uh, these, 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 these four guys this story talks about were tenacious. They were filled with passion. They were people of purpose. They, 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 they were people who again felt that, that, that if they got him there, he, will, he would get healed. He will get healed. We just got to get him there. And I hope that every one of you, I really do, I hope every one of you, live your life so that whether you encounter somebody at Walmart or somebody at, at some grocery store or someplace at Costco or someplace on your everyday life, you're going to encounter somebody. And because they're going to feel like you're a very hopeful, happy person, they're going to ask you, my, why are you so happy today? You're going to have that conscious conviction, okay, here's my moment. I'm going to tell them that God loves them very, very, very much. And if you and I live our life every day Waking up every morning, wake up with this conscious conviction, I must tell somebody about Jesus. I must bring them to the Lord. I must provide them hope. I've got to believe if I can help get them there, if I can get them there, they're going to hear our pastor speak, they're going to hear our worship, they're going to sing songs, and they're going to feel the presence of God. Live your life with a conscious conviction that I want people to come to heaven with me. Amen. Let's populate the other side. Which then, this passage tells us, that they hit a wall. They, they, can you imagine four guys carrying this, this guy on this bed? Four guys. Now, notice this. doesn't even mention them by name. We don't even know who the four people are. So it could have been, it could have been anybody in our room. See, it does, it, you, you, don't have to be, you don't have to be somebody. You just have to be a body. It doesn't matter whether you are a pastor or a, or a worship leader. You and I are everyday people. And so let's just grab a hold and put your hand to it and let's carry them to the Lord. Just about a month from now, we're going to ask and hopefully we'll have over 100 volunteers. We'd love to have over 100 of you volunteer for two hours, four hours. You can stay overnight. We'll give you a discount. You can enjoy the beauty of the Hyatt for pennies on a dollar. Think about that. And you say, Pastor Harry, there's a hitch. Yeah. 
You're going to be walking around praying for kids. You're going to be walking around helping. You're going, to, it's, you're going to have a wonderful time. And all that time, just imagine, you're one of those guys carrying one of those sick kids, one of those pallets, one of those kids that desperately need the love of Christ and the love of one another to come. Well, they, they, they got there. They got there to that house, and they saw that the house was just absolutely surrounded with a crowd. There was a Jesus rally going on. Jesus was in the inside, and people had come from all over, and they didn't have tickets, but they just kept coming in and kept coming in, and they kept coming in. And if anybody's been to Israel, those people, uh, those people know how to get in. Those folks over in that country, they don't believe in lines. They believe, I'm going to get there, and, and, and I'll ask your forgiveness maybe, but I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in. And so I can see them rustling, and, they're all, and when they come with this guy with the four people, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, they... Wow. But how did it get there? Number three, there was what I call collective commitment. It took four guys with the same conviction, working for the same cause, and there was a collective commitment. The one thing I've always loved about our church and our college is that when we do the Ascension Convention, there's one thing in mind, we're all going to be working together. Some are snaking out uh, cables for the sound system, some are packaging bags for the students. Some are out there helping with the snack table. Some are setting up some of the exhibits. Some are out there again praying, walking around, doing prayer walks. We're all doing it because it's a collective commitment. We're all doing it together. It's just it's so neat. Then we have volunteers from other churches. We'll have volunteers from this little church in Iowa. We'll have volunteers from other churches. We'll have graduates from our Bible college coming back to do it. And, and the only difference is that some of these graduates are going to look older than they did when they came as teenagers. And then there's people like me who is forever white-headed. I'm just forever white-headed. But it's a collective thing. And what, what are they all doing? They're providing lift, providing a sense of lift. So let's, let's make people's lives a little bit better in life. Let's see what we can do to provide lift for one another. Which then, what happens? They get to the house. The house is jammed with people. The outer court's jammed with people. The inside court is jammed with people. Uh, Jesus is somewhere in the middle of them, and there's probably this, this courtyard, and they're all jammed in there, and they, they hit this wall. How, oh, my gosh, how are we going to get this guy through? And this is where we come to the next point, which is what I call this sense of creative collaboration. What are we doing, going to do creatively to get this person in the presence of Jesus? And so these four guys come up with an idea. We will create the first Amazon drone and drop him into the presence of Christ. It sounds so neat. Amazon Prime, Jesus Prime comes into being. And what did these four guys do? They allowed the creative juices to take place. And they begin doing some crazy stuff. They get up on the roof, on the roof, and they start ripping into the tile. And of course, once they rip into the tile, they begin hitting all these sticks and all of this, this the, the, these brush leaves and all of this mud that's up there that's all been dried. And, and they're ripping it up so they can get a hole big enough. We're talking about a hole big enough for a whole bed to come through. Pity the poor people down below who thought they had front row seats. 
and they had elbowed their way in, and they'd done everything they could get in the front of Jesus, and all of a sudden they're looking up to see what the noise is about, and straws coming down in their hair, and mud and dirt is falling into their faces. And all this dirt is coming in. But in the middle of all that comes a bed. A bed gets lowered into their presence. I would love to have been there. Except to be there and then to be here would be that I would be as old as Methuselah. But it would have been worth the moment, right? For everybody to look up and say, look out, look out. There's a bed coming in. What do you mean a bed coming in? Well, if you don't look up, you'll feel them in just a moment. A, a creative collaboration. And I, that's why I, I love Pastor Darrell and I love our daughter Jennifer. Jennifer and Pastor Darrell, they're really now the team leaders of the Ascension Convention. They lead the team. And listen, let me tell you this. It takes a team to, to, to fulfill the dream. And we're all team members. We've all got our hands doing something. But Pastor Darrell and Jen, they, they kind of lead our, lead our efforts. And I think one of the craziest people there is Pastor Darrell. I know he's got white hair. I know he's got a beard. I know he's looking older than he used to look. I know, I know all that. But that guy's a crazy man. He is a crazy man. And, and he gets crazy people who speak, people of passion. And then Leanne gets up there, and she acts like she's younger. Anyway, yes, young. Oh, sorry. Um, it's a beautiful thing what hair dye does to a hair. Anyway, I'm sorry. No. Oh, oh, it's terrible. But Leanne gets up there, and the team gets up there, and everybody's acting wild and crazy. In the past, we've had music groups like Skillet. We've had Dave Reaver. We've had all kinds. We, we had the million-dollar wrestler up there, and, and we've had all kinds of crazy people. You see, creativity becomes a disruptor. A disruptor. When you're creative, you are a disruptor. You are not afraid to do things outside of the box in order to get people, what, into the box. And so you're going to have a lot of fun as you see God do some crazy things. I don't even know. Let me tell you this. On Thursday night, on Thursday night, we served the biggest hot dogs in Chicagoland. That's our big deal. Then afterwards, Jennifer has this 40,000-square-foot ballroom filled with all kinds of, of bouncing games and, 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 and just... Stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. But they, kids love stupid, right? They love stupid. Say that with me. They love stupid, right? Because a friend of ours by the name of Forrest Gump says, stupid is is what? Stupid does. Amen. And we all kind of act stupid. But we all have fun. Because this is the last thing I'll say. When they came into the presence of Jesus... And this guy who had not been able to move and have positive engagement with life. Listen to this. This is why, why it'll be worthwhile for you to come and be a part of the Ascension Convention. Because when the guy got lowered down, the last point I want to tell you this, is that Jesus commended the courage of the four. The place was filled with perhaps dozens and hundreds of people. The Bible says that there were even uh, what we would call current-day contemporary theologians there assessing the words of Jesus. But when the guy came down, imagine his emotions as, as he's hoping the, his four guys don't drop him. 
it only would take one to let go and he would be sliding off. But when he got down, all of a sudden, Jesus commended the courage, or in other words, the faith of the four people who said, if we could just get him here in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus says, when he said, when, I, when he saw their faith, when he saw what? Say it, their faith. Say it again, what? Their faith. He said two things. Your sins are forgiven and rise. Take up your bed and walk back into society carrying the very image and the symbol of what was holding you back. You carry your own bed home. Jesus wasn't about to make his bed. He sent him home with the bed. Amen. Let's stand together. And Pastor Darrell is going to be coming, but I'd like to pray with you. Would you place a hand in the hand of somebody next to you this morning and let's become battery cables to one another. And let's just, uh, let's just bless one another. He'll be closing us out, but first of all, next week, come with a few extra bucks and think pasta. Pasta. You, I mean, how, you, you, it'll be the best tasting pasta that you'll have next week because it'll be the only pasta you'll have next week. You can't wreck pasta, really. I mean, okay, uh, bring a few extra bucks because every dollar is going to go to helping kids come into his presence. Starting next weekend, Pastor Darrell is going to be having sign-up sheets. Jen will have sign-up sheets out there. We're going to need to have you bring some snacks. We're going to need lots of snacks. We're going to need lots of water. We're going to need lots of, lots of, lots of different things that you could just, you can, you can all be a part of holding the bed by bringing some snacks and helping to bring some supplies. And you can sign up to help us at the convention. I'll be there. I want you to be there. But right now I want us to pray. I want us to pray for several hundreds of kids who we don't even know what they look like. Some of them are going to look like they're from some other world. Maybe their hair is going to be a little different. Maybe they might have a little bit of war paint on. Maybe they're going to be sad. Others are going to be wild and crazy. Others are going to just look like, oh my gosh, I've never been in a building like this before. But every one of them is going to be hungry. Hungry for love. Hungry for help. Hungry for a destiny. Father, we take one other in hand and we pray for several hundred kids that are right now prepping to be at the Ascension Adventure. I pray, Father, for 30 churches who are prepping their kids to come. I'm praying, Father, for our speakers. I'm praying, Father, for all of the people who are going to be arriving there in buses and vans and cars. Father, there's, there's going to be folks that are going to come from a variety of different cultures. It's, Father, there's all kinds of ethnic groups that are coming. There's all kinds of cultural diversity opportunities there. There are all kinds of people who are just going to be dashing forward and wanting to come into your presence, and we're going to be there to bring the glory of God into that Hyatt. Hallelujah. So we covenant that on this 35th anniversary, this is going to be an explosive phenomenal, better than ever year in setting people free. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Say it with me. He's in the house. He's in the house. And now say this, I'm going in that house.
All right. We'll look to see you come. See me afterwards, and we'll go to Greece together as well. Thanks, Pastor.